America is in crisis. The President of the United States has requested foreign interference in American elections to benefit himself politically. President Trump asked his Ukrainian counterpart to investigate his political foe, Joe Biden. It's illegal and dangerous for foreign governments to interfere in American elections. Call your congressman and tell them to speak out against President Trump's abuse of power. As the ground shifts quickly beneath the feet of the Trump administration, there are Republicans who have stood their ground. Several groups under the umbrella organization Defending Democracy Together are working to restore traditional GOP standards on tariffs, on welcoming legal immigration, and now on persuading other Republicans to support the impeachment inquiry as a matter of constitutional principle. Republicans for the Rule of Law is spending a million dollars on its campaign to back investigations without political interference. The woman who directs these organizations has conservative credentials as long as your right arm. First woman to head the National Log Cabin Republicans Group, publisher of the Bulwark Conservative website, and a job at a conservative lobbying and consulting company. Sarah Longwell wants Republicans, especially on Capitol Hill, to screw their courage to the sticking place and stand up to Trump transgressions or Republicans will devolve from a political party into a personality cult. Who is the Republican audience you're speaking to and which Republicans in particular do you want to hear your message? Yeah, so ever since Donald Trump was elected, we've recognized that you can separate Republicans into two buckets crudely. But one is Trump lovers, the always Trumpers, the people who attend rallies and are the people who will stick with him even if he shoots somebody on Fifth Avenue. And then there are the people that we believe we appeal to, which we call reluctant Trump voters. And so people who didn't vote for Donald Trump in the primary did vote for him in the general, but felt pretty queasy about doing so and have continued to kind of rationalize their support for Donald Trump because in a retrospective kind of way, well, was he better than Hillary? I still think so. He's done some good things with judges and tax cuts. But ultimately, these are people who want somebody who's going to represent the country well, and they don't want to see the presidency become a criminal enterprise. They don't like Democrats, but they have only so much tolerance for Donald Trump. In which group do you find yourself? I'm a never-Trumper. A lot of times people treat never-Trump as though it's monolithic and it means one central thing, but there's a wide array of people in the never-Trump category And the only thing they have in common is that there's basically under no circumstances would they support Donald Trump. And I am one of those people, even though I might have not very much in common with, let's say, an evangelical leader like Pete Weiner, who, for a totally different set of reasons, is never Trump. So what then is your message about what should happen next? Should impeachment inquiries proceed? Do you think he should resign right now? Well, I don't think... Him resigning right now is probably in the realm of reality. But certainly, I think that there should be an impeachment inquiry. And I think that Republicans should be supporting an inquiry. Donald Trump is who Donald Trump has always been. The people who are behaving differently are these Republicans, people like Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz. And to have them be silent on so many of the things that Donald Trump has done has been actively heartbreaking. And so I think. For us right now, the hope is that 
<laughs> the fever will break somewhat and people like Ben Sass and Mitt Romney will find their footing and say enough is enough. What's interesting about Nixon, Republicans were kind of with him up until the point when they weren't. Barry Goldwater went with leadership from the House and Senate and went to tell Nixon to resign. And I think that that's the kind of role that a Mitt Romney could play as an elder statesman. There's actually a lot of parallels between him and Barry Goldwater. They were both Republicans who won their party's nomination, went on to lose in a general election, went back into the Senate and sort of assumed that elder statesman role. And I think the question is, is whether somebody like Mitt Romney will at some point go to Ben Sass, go to Susan Collins, go to Lisa Murkowski and say, we need to all stand up together and say, this is wrong. You cannot keep inviting foreign interference into our country's elections. We're going to say so, and we're going to call for this inquiry to continue. We're going to get to the bottom of it, and then we will decide what the next steps are. The Republican Party was purged by Watergate and then came back strong with Reagan and the beginning of 20-some years of Republicans in the White House. Do you think that would happen this time? Your point is exactly correct, that Ronald Reagan was able to win in 1980, and we were able to sort of establish these decades of conservative dominance. And that was because Republicans didn't go down with the ship on Nixon. They made that clean break. One of the keys to what is going on right now is that if the Republicans decide to go down with Trump's ship, it will be so much more difficult for them because if they go down with the Trump ship, it will just completely cement the idea that this Republican Party is not a Republican Party at all. It is a Trumpist party. And it is not bound to any rule of law. It's not bound to any set of standards or any sort of fixed ideological North Star. It's just all about Trump and a cult of personality. One of the things that is not a remote historical parallel is that Nixon had the capacity for shame. He was caught and he knew it and he walked away. Ultimately, he still had some fidelity to the notion of the office that he held and the country that he served. And Donald Trump doesn't have any of that. No capacity for shame, no ability to put the interests of the country above his own. And so I, I think that the reason that he would resign, it would have to be motivated by something much more cynical, which is he saw it as the only way to avoid some kind of shattering embarrassment or to act like it was his idea or do it on his own terms. That's the only way I could see it happening. Find out what happens next with conservatives versus Trump in a moment. All eyes are on California. Right now, its border is the center of debate and new policies. The climate is reshaping its countryside and towns, and its diverse industries and eclectic food scene are admired across the globe. At the LA Times, we report the story of California because it will shape our nation and our world. Visit the latimes.com slash calstory to subscribe. Jeff Flake, the former Republican senator from Arizona, said that if the vote in the Senate were secret, 35 Republicans would vote to, to convict. What is your relationship with Republican members of Congress that you would have a sense of what they're thinking and that your thinking might influence them? The organization talks to lots of people who are in Congress or who are major figures within the party in one way or another. And the maddening thing is that what Jeff Flake said is it's 100 percent true. What Republicans say about President Trump behind closed doors looks nothing like what they say publicly. Most responsible Republican legislators, they can't stand him, but they don't see an electoral way yet 
to really stand up to him because everybody who's done it so far, they all ended up out, either being beaten in a primary or, or losing in a general election. I can't quite get my head around why the job would be so important that if you lose your seat in Congress because you stood up and did the right thing, it seems so crazy to me that people wouldn't look at it as an opportunity to go down in the history books as the person who stood up and said enough is enough. And instead, the best that people can seem to do is retire quietly. First, President Trump pressured a vulnerable ally into doing his political dirty work for him. Well, the president asks Zelensky for an investigation into the Bidens. There's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution. And a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Now, President Trump asks the dictator of our most powerful enemy to do his political dirty work. China! Just start an investigation into the Biden. Here's how Republicans used to feel about foreign interference in American elections. Now, now you all need to know out there, this is, this is basic stuff. Foreign donors and certainly foreign governments cannot participate in the American political process. Mike Pence is right. It's illegal and a threat to free and fair elections if we invite foreign governments to interfere. Call your congressman and tell them to speak out against President Trump's abuse of power. Do you think that Republicans like these who wouldn't mind getting rid of Trump and starting fresh are looking to the Democrats then to do their dirty work before they have to? I guess I'm not quite sure. There is a real sense of urgency about not losing power. It's not just their own individual seat. It is also holding on to the Senate, which they prioritize incredibly highly. If there's one rationalization I hear over and over more than anything else from whether it's elected officials or just average Republican voters, it is, yeah, Trump is really bad. He is terrible. He's got to go. But Elizabeth Warren is a socialist and she is crazy. And we just can't let those Democrats take over. I am, and I think a lot of the people I know who are Republicans who are opposed to Trump have been very concerned that the Democrats have seemed to be gravitating toward an Elizabeth Warren as their candidate, but also we're deeply concerned that she'll lose because she's going to have a really hard time picking up right-leaning independents. And the reason that Democrats did so well in 2018 is they nominated a slew of moderate independent candidates, and that really worked for them to pick up those swing voters. And there's a reason that President Trump is basically inviting foreign interference in the election to dig up dirt on Joe Biden, it's because that's the guy he's most afraid of. He wants to run against Elizabeth Warren and call her Pocahontas. He wants to call her a socialist. And that fits perfectly in the narrative that do bring Republicans who might otherwise bolt from him back into the fold. Your worry if Elizabeth Warren were the nominee is that she would lose to Trump, who would have a second term and also reinforce Trumpism as the party identity. Yes, that's right. I have almost no greater fear than a second term of Trump, because I think that a President Trump who is completely unrestrained by electoral consequences, and I think he can do an enormous amount of damage in a second four years, not only to the party and entrenching it as a Trump party, but really to the country and to the institutions. Given that, would bidding farewell to Trump do anything to get rid of Trumpism? I do not think Republicans have a plan for the future because they've sacrificed so much of their identity to Trump that, like, they have to hold on to him now. And it's one of the reasons I think that Democrats should not take risks with their nominee. 
they need somebody who's going to win by double digits because they have to so thoroughly repudiate Trump and Trumpism that the Republican Party never makes this mistake again. So it's got to build a new identity that's centered around ideas and policies and things that people actually think will improve their lives. And until the Republican Party can figure that out, it's just going to keep falling back on the Trump crutch. So what do you want to happen? Do you want impeachment and conviction to proceed? Do you want to wait for the election? Or is that too iffy? What I want is for there to be a serious bipartisan inquiry. I want Republicans to act responsibly about their oversight responsibilities and to say, we're going to participate. I don't think, just like Ben Sass said, that they should reflexively circle the wagons and say nothing to see here. There's clearly something to see there. It's been in broad daylight. And Republicans should say that it's wrong. If they don't think it's impeachable, fine. But they should say that it's wrong because it is. What I would like to see is really those Republicans acting responsibly and not just keeping quiet. The silence is what is so unforgivable. Is the tipping point going to come from the top down, from Congress and Republican leadership down, or the bottom up when voters say, no, we've had it with this? I actually think they have a very symbiotic relationship. When polling comes out, That shows that 24 percent of Republicans support not impeachment, but an impeachment inquiry. And you start to see sort of like a quarter of Republicans going that direction. That emboldens legislators to say, "Okay, well, at least some percentage of the party is interested in this. And then as they speak out, more Republicans say, oh, well, if Republicans are saying that this is a problem, then more Republicans voters will think it's a problem and they can kind of work off of each other. What Trump is trying to do, there's a reason that they've announced tens of millions of dollars in ad buys, because what they're trying to do is keep public opinion as low on the impeachment inquiry scale as possible. The conservative columnist Max Boot told me that of people like him, the never Trumpers, the opposing Trump people, that they have enough for a dinner party, but not a political party. At this point, how big a table do you guys need? It's not meant to be a political movement, but where I do think that there's an opportunity for a new political movement, especially as you see the Democratic Party gravitate more towards candidates like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, I certainly think there are groups of people who believe in the country, the Constitution, in capitalism, in a lot of the founding principles that made us who we are and would like to see those protected, that find themselves calling themselves either sort of moderate Democrats or moderate Republicans. And I think those two groups now have an awful lot in common. And so I'm not sure that there's not a new political realignment occurring that couldn't find itself at some point dividing itself more along the lines of sort of responsible constitutionalists and people who are in a constant grievance disruptor pose. Sarah Longwell, thank you for talking to me. Thanks so much. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's edited and engineered by Mike Heflin. Subscribe to Pat Morrison Asks and you will never miss a podcast. Music.